told you I've been drinking since one. Okay, three, two, one, flip. Elvish Rejuvenator. Oh, Monastery Swift Spear. I got an Altart. Oh, look at you. The first one drinking the most. Yep, triple drink. Drink for double masters and double drink because it's borderless. You got this, Danny. Believe in you. Worst case scenario, we got the shine here for you. How hilarious would it be if you got like two borderless? <laughs> It'd be fine. <laughs> Three, two, one. Flip. In, the, say, I don't in the bedroom. A, I don't have a need for that. In the bedroom. <laughs> God damn it! Ah, there is two. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I got it on Earth. I got Conan Bondkin. I got Spell Pierce. Altart. <laughs> I'll trade you for it. Fuck no. Three, two, one. Flip. Flip. Oh! <laughs> he got a fart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny, no, why? No, Danny, no! <laughs> <laughs> but Danny, come on. Why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> Why I didn't do it? You guys did it. No, no, Danny. It didn't matter you what guys, pack, it didn't you guys. You guys picked the packs. It didn't matter what pack we picked. <laughs> your fucking luck when it comes to opening shit. You open good shit, and this has got, been on record multiple times that you can open shit. <laughs> to, Danny, tell, tell all our dear listeners what you. Just, so I just pulled the Bloom Tender Alt Art. So that's four drinks total because that's a rare rice, <laughs> a rare borderless. Hey, guess what my next card is? Fucking foil. Welcome to this week in MTG with your host Matt Olson, Danny Oakstead, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 145 of This Week in MTG, your intricate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. For your hosts, I'm Matt. There's Danny, the man, hey. the man with the luck. I'm just here fucking up Matt's Rubik's Cube. Go ahead, fuck it up all you want. I'll be able to solve it still. I know. And then we got Garrett, Big G. What's up? Back here and uh, no borderless in your I know. Pack I feel left there. out, you know. You pulled one, Danny pulled three. I'm like, where the f- I got left out. Danny got yours. Oh, Danny just took it out of my pack and put it in his pack. He really wanted to drink today. He did. He's, he's two beers in already. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and we just started this shit. Okay, so thank you for deciding to join us. We're so glad that you did. It means a lot to us, uh, even though we can't see you. We're glad to have you in this metaphorical round table space that we call this week at MTG Podcast. So, let's begin this episode, first off, by saying we were out last week, and so give us- For a good reason. Give us some slack. We are probably not going to be on point. We got to get our sea legs back, as the kids would say. That's what they say, right? You're the youngest one here. But, 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 but Garrett deals with kids more than I do. So he do hasn't, you. He hasn't seen them in like you got, three months. You got, you, you got one of the age that I kind of deal with in your house. Yeah, but you deal with more. Not right now. Well, I purposely don't teach summer school so I can get away from them <laughs> and they can get away from me. Okay, so I think that's what kids say. If they don't, <laughs> let me know. Let's begin this episode by thanking you, the listener of this podcast, turning it on and deciding to be like, this one looked interesting. 
or if you're a returning listener, thank you as well. That is always greatly appreciated. But we also want to give a big thank you to our amazing Patreons who think that this content is worth supporting monetarily. Yeah, monetarily. I was thinking, uh, I thought that was like momentarily is what... <laughs> I'm not momentarily. Most of them do that one. Stick to the script. The guy who writes it writes I, it for I a reason. It, and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, did I type that up wrong? And I'm just finally catching it this time. I didn't even type that in monetarily. No, you didn't. So That's why I'm saying stick, stick to, to the, the script. Stick to the, stick to the script. The guy wrote. <clears throat> we got somebody working hard every day to write this script for us. It's not you. We know that much. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wade 97, Chapman, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Slade, Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier, Steve, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, and Chimera. Each and every one of you, thank you so much for believing in this podcast and supporting it in the way that you do. And hopefully that you are fine with the perks and stuff that you get for being Patreons. And those perks, to those listeners who don't know what the perks are, we have two tiers on our Patreon. We have a $3 tier and a $10 tier. The $3 tier, you get put in for drawings for booster packs each month. And they are random this month, the ones that were just given away because I forgot to do the super super secret Patreon live stream, which is another perk of being a Patreon is you get part of this that does the, the drawings. It's like a little sit down. 20 30 minute of just chilling and stuff we do the drawings but uh this last month was double masters packs that i'm going to be sending out here this week and uh you get those uh you get put into the drawing for those at the three dollar tier at the ten dollar tier the drake of genius tier you get put in for a drawing for a commander card that's valued about between like 15 and 20 dollars this month gamble it was from not what's the other masters iconic masters there no eternal masters. eternal masters eternal masters that that one came in that is given away so we do that we do that with our patreons so if that interests you go check the links down in the doobly-doo and do the thingamabob thank you for using the scientific terms for everybody yes i figured that's that's effective Um, but if you don't want to support us through Patreon, we do have another means for you to support us by we have playmats for sale uh, a little little different way to do them typically uh you just hit us up on any of the social medias and be like yeah we want a playmat and we'll be like we'll give you that playmat uh they are 20 bucks a uh, 20 bucks a pop and we ship them anywhere through the country and even across seas we'll work with you for that we've sent them to germany to canada california as far as you can imagine and stuff so real question have you sent them all the way around the world back to yourself yet okay so i think to do that we would have to start off by sending a playmat to China. Send it to Christian, and yeah, then we got to find someone in China or Japan to send it to, and then have them send it back to us. Oh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Christian has colleagues, work colleagues in Japan or something. He's he's talked about taking work trips and stuff there. So, Christian, maybe, we should make this happen. Let's we can send make, a playmat all the way around the world. We can make it work. <clears throat> so, yes, do that. Hit us up. But if you're in the FM area, the Fargo-Moorhead area, that is, and you don't want to hit us up, you could go check out our amazing sponsor, J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, who also have our playmats for sale. They're in their little uh, playmat section. You just thumb through them, find our playmat, and they are 20 bucks there as well. Speaking of J-Dubs, let's hear an ad from them now. J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. 
That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. So thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, we're moved to the part of the podcast where we give you the breakdown of how this episode is going to get laid out for y'all here. As always, we're going to jump over to the Boggle Desk where Big G is going to give us a salt report, tell us about some events and some upcoming events. From there, Danny has a blogatog for us. After blogatog, we have some BNR announcements, but some interesting BNR announcements because something that we thought wasn't supposed to Dumb. be happening. Dumb. <laughs> From there, we're going to jump to the news section. We got some pretty big news. Uh, there is a big market merger that is happening, some more products that are coming out, and updates on the Heads I Win, Tails You Lose secret lair. From there, we're going to go to the contract currency section where we're going to talk about magic finance and prices and stuff that we are capable of talking. From there, depending on how it is, maybe we'll have a thought cast. We'll see. But after that, y'all can go home and be done with this episode. So let's let's start it off over at the Boggle Desk now. Big G. What's up? I'm back. Having fun. Round of applause. Yay. Was I supposed mm. to put something in I have in no there? idea. I have no idea. Get the soundboard. Danny, get the soundboard. Well, it's more so we took last week off and then I was gone the week before. So it's like I feel like I haven't been here in a month. So basically. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So uh, salt and sugar report. Uh, first off. Uh, the salt, I'll do the sugar report first because my salt report kind of goes into the next event results. Um, so sugar report is I'm finally been able to get down. Um, so the buddy I went golfing with today is also the buddy I bought. I did theater stuff with this year with our kid, our students. And for a kind of a, Hey, congratulations. We made it to opening night gift. I bought him a commander deck pre-con. Um, so today after we were done with golfing, I was like, Hey, you got, you got a little bit of time. I know we've been talking about this, uh, getting you sat down and you and I just kind of walk through how to play a game of commander. So we did that. He's like, Oh yeah, I didn't bring my deck though. I'm like, dude, I got plenty at home. We'll just go home. We'll drink beer and we'll, we'll play a, a tutorial game. So I gave my brick, big green gull to deck and basically started the whole teaching lesson with, all right, every card has rules. It also has an unless factor. So I'm just not going to say unless, just know that there is something that goes against exactly what I'm saying. He's like, all right, cool. Fair, fair. He's like, okay, cool. Is that kind of like a rule that there's like exceptions to the rule? Yes, very much so. There's a card that breaks every single rule at some point. So that was really cool. We got to sit down and do that. So now next time what we're going to do, the pre-con deck I bought him, he's going to bring that and I'll either go buy an individual pre-con deck and just throw some sleeves on it or i'll open up one of the ones in my closet that's sitting there but i'll probably just go buy a new one so might as well yeah so then i don't have to open up one of my ones that's sealed yeah right all right so my uh my salt report uh actually goes hand in hand with our update on this summer and mtg our charity event we did for magic kids where we were trying to raise some money and then raise some card donations for them we'll talk a little bit more about that here but so we had a Double Masters 2022, two-headed giant, and that was the main event. That was the main event, yes. Yep, and we had 16 or 18, 18 players. 18, 18 teams. Oh, 18 teams 18 show teams, up. not there 18 players, 18 yep. teams. So even better. Yes. Even better. Josh was very happy with it. 
And then I think within that, a couple of teams dropped off right away. Um, yep. But then there were people that just showed up just to draft. And I'd gotten there late because of stuff happening in my life on Saturday morning. So I was like, hey, guys, I'll be there late. But um, I'll jump into an event and start promoting us and just talking with the people that are there and all that. And pretty much instantaneously after I got there, hey, we need two more people. I'm like, all right, cool, put me on. And I'm then, in. I'm in. <laughs> and then we had one more person sign up, and we had a full eight pod. Uh, but I suppose actually – so one – I didn't do as well in the draft, but I, and I think maybe part of it is because somebody um, did not remember the rules of double master drafting. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. You said that someone. Yeah, some somebody screwed up, and you know what? We I we made it work. Um, we all just went and bought new packs and kept the integrity of the draft alive. The downside of that is I had a fucking sweet ass first pull out of my first pack that didn't get used and it was uh um uh the unicorn the simic unicorn oh emil yeah emil and it was the it was the borderless version and i was like oh my god this is so awesome didn't get to use it though but still ended up drafting a pretty what i felt a pretty solid celestia i'm just gonna get counters and beat the crap out of your deck yep um, the, and I, when I was taking the deck apart and putting my like deck or my draft box back together, because I have lands already pre-sleeved and stuff. So that way that's just one less thing I got to do. I I realized I only had one rare in the deck and it was Teferi's protection of which I did get to use a couple times and it saved me. It is a good card. It is. But yeah, I went one and three in the draft. Keeping and, it strong. Oh yeah, Well, and like the other people's, like my deck didn't fire off the way it was supposed to. Other decks were firing off the way it should. Combination mm-hmm. of how a draft normally goes. Right, right, right. I will say this though. My last matchup was freaking sick because it was like my deck wasn't doing everything it needed to do during first game. So like a aggro deck went like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Typical. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> the funny part about that is game two went two minutes. Oh, I thought it was 15 total for all the matches. Oh, no. For for one game in that match, 15 minutes. Uh, and then mind. the next one went two minutes. Okay, never mind then. Never mind then. I thought it was like overall run time about 15 yeah, minutes. No. I'm like, this is about right for like an angry deck, I'd say. No, I got, well, it was a sick deck. I got, I had three experiment ones in the deck, three uh, pride mages in the deck, so they give exalted. So it's like, okay, cool. I'm a Voltron deck. Boom. <laughs> Celestia go burr. Celestia go burr. But, you know, I had fun playing. It was really cool. We we gave out a lot of fun prizes. Um, unfortunately, you know, some people left before all the drawings were done, so they just had to come back and get their prizes, or they we had to contact them. I, I don't know. What did, you, what did you guys think of the event? So, I mean, we, we raised $800 just with the raffle. Yeah, $800 raffle alone is what we got, and that's all going straight to Magic Kids. Yeah, we're not taking anything out of it for supplies or anything like that. We are It's strictly going to them. Yeah, because the cool thing is, is a lot of the stuff that we raffled away was donated by uh, J-Dubs. They yep. supplied a lot of stuff. Double Masters Draft Box is one of the things. There's two uh, wall scrolls, a couple yep. collector boosters. Eclipse Dice, like Josh just stacked it with everything. Josh went good for that one. 
So uh, Ultimate Gaming was another sponsor or like that donated stuff. And uh, Dave at Ultimate Gaming at Detroit sure. Lakes, he also jam packed it with everything, not just like magic related, but like you know what uh, nerd culture is like just nerd life. There's a, a there was a wireless N64 controller, mm-hmm. uh, NES Advantage controller that you, it's, it's just a joystick that you can hook up to your NES and stuff, and fifty dollar gift card and stuff like everything that we got was straight up donated and we made $800 to give yeah. to magic kids. And with the cards that we collected uh, rough estimate of what we collected that day, that day alone. And there's more to come was 130,000 cards. Yeah. And so it was really cool. Like I definitely think I, I feel like, especially too with, I know Josh did an awesome thing where he brought in cards to donate. He knocked a little bit off of your entry fees for the events yeah, and that's a lot of people that came in with yep. their cards. They had the four thousand count boxes, and yep. they're like, "Boop, here you go, <laughs> twenty dollars off your double your your two headed giant." So uh, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work for him, but you know, we potentially could have reached our our monetary goal. You know, the I I think we even talked about this too with the card goal. We're like, this is pretty lofty, but you know what? Shoot for the stars. Let's shoot for, for it. Let's go. We can do it. Well, two just we, under two hundred thousand cards is pretty good for. We, we might we might a Fargo event that only had thirty six people show up. Yeah, I'd say. And then on top of that, we we are we are getting more cards coming up as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave, uh, he is said he is at least donating fifty thousand bulk cards. Hell yeah! And Josh was also saying from J Dubs that he is also going to be donating some uh, double digit thousand card. The amount so of cards. who knows? Maybe we've got a fourth of a way to our our card goal so yeah and i know super cool yeah and i know like talking to the guys within the draft area obviously we knew some of them you know the three of us know some of them that were in that draft pool but got to meet a cool new guy and i know you played commander with him uh john oh you didn't meet him before no i hadn't met him before oh and here i thought the whole time like how that was i'm like oh this must just been like a friend of yours for a while and stuff nope never met him he was a pretty cool guy we played against each other i think uh round two of the draft john's a badass i got spanked by him in his sir gwyn deck (laughs) oh nice oh he was showing me all his decks dude yeah he's got some pretty sick decks so he fucking does um but yeah no and you know some guys i remember uh, playing against that like paradox and stuff and then you know mason and dylan who we've talked about here on the podcast before yes um you know they were in that pod and, and noah the inevitable winner of packs inevitable i guess yeah well it <laughs> seems like he wins every month now he, he, holy he shit taking my position my holy old shit. position he, yeah he, the, he, he's he your replacement the car- once you're done the reason i was why gonna he, say is he gonna replace you then he then? might i don't know he didn't win the card this month because the card wasn't a black card that was chosen. Like every time he's won the card, it's always been a black card. He won oh. the the Cabal Coffers, Rise of the Underrealm, or Rise of the Dark Realm. Oh, what was the other one? He knows Torment that. of Hailfire. Torment of Hailfire yeah. and stuff. So, but yeah. So I mean, it was an awesome event. You know, for anyone who I know, we passed out some of the QR code cards and everything too to some people at the end. You know, if you're new listening, hey, thanks for coming out. We definitely enjoyed getting to chat with you. And we didn't, you know, join us on Discord, um, you know, hit us up. We definitely love talking. And I know we get, try to get some, try to get weekly games in on over spell table with Commander just because I know we definitely try to get Christian on as much as we can. Yes. But he, you know, time zone difference and we all live busy lives. Sometimes it doesn't match up where we get a full pod. But I know I got to play with, got to play with Barra and Nomad the other week oh, on yeah, a Thursday yeah, yeah. night. 
and I got to try out my uh, mono white equipment aura deck. How did that turn out? Uh, Barra ended up stomping us. Um, Sounds like a bear thing to do. By uh, I don't I don't <laughs> think he I think he realized it after we had talked about it. But then yeah, he's like displayed the combo and he's like, oh, I go infinite and I kill you all. <laughs> and and Nomad and I are like, all right, cool, next game. Um, and then I'm trying to think. Oh, I brought out my I brought out my Golgari Elves deck. Um, That's Lathriel, right? Oh yeah. Okay. And luckily that one ended when it did and how it did. Uh, because I ended up getting a uh, a crying baby coming down to us. That does help yeah. at that the, the the timing there for so, sure. Then. So it was a uh, all right, guys. Give me give me a second here. Um, I do this and I win. No mod and bear go. All right, cool. Wait, what? Bear's like it was an accident. I didn't mean to. Oh, Bear, it's completely <laughs> fine. You won, man. That was it was tits how you won because it was a oh shit. I think I win. It was kind of like the wordage that he used. And it's like, ooh, all right. Yeah, you win. <laughs> we lose. We can play another game. Let's go. But yeah, no, it was a lot of fun uh, getting to play. And then, yeah, like elves just, it was a, all right, guys, uh, I've got like two minutes left. I think I win. And I just swung out. <laughs> and Nomad and Bear like, yeah, that that sucked. And then it was, a, okay, cool. Um, I got to go. See you. Bye. Boom. Logged off. Fucking ass. Ran upstairs just to find out. Oh, I couldn't find the pacifier. I'm like, God. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm up here now, and I'm turned off everything downstairs. Like I left my deck out and everything on my spell table area. And I came down the next day. I'm like, oh fuck, I didn't misplay it all. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did but Captain no. just hide any cards? No, because I shut the office door, oh. so he can't get in. That like I'm very purposeful on that. When I have cards out on my table, I shut the fucking door. He doesn't fuck because he Kevin. He hops up, but yeah, and then uh, Shelby came down with Beckham and like underneath the webcam, like I think she might have thought I was playing with you guys. Oh, <laughs> so she's like a baby, and then took him away and, <laughs> and all that. So that's fucking hilarious. Yep. All right, but next little bit we've got here, we've got some uh, event results from SEG Con Syracuse. So. I'm just going to do a quick rundown on this. We've got a lot of news to cover this week. All right, so SCGCon Syracuse is in the books. Check out all the winners. Over the weekend, we will provide the link for you. But the events that they had, they had a modern 30K, a modern and legacy 5K. They had some flesh and blood, road to nationals, and battle-hardened events. But obviously, um, I know the three of us don't really play blood and flesh, so we're mostly going to be focusing on the magic events. All right, so, and you know what? If if I butcher this name, I'm just apologizing way ahead of time. Um, you know, it's the Midwestern. We don't fully always pronounce names correctly, just like everyone else in the world. So, all right. Uh, Hinji Jian uh, took down the Modern 30K event with his four-color blink Yorion deck, and he got the top prize of $5,000. And he qualified for the regional championship at DreamHack Atlanta. And the real winner right now is Matt because Danny gave him a borderless spell it's pierce. 50 cents. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Do you want an Abzan Valkyrie? <laughs> it's 50 cents. Don't worry about it. Snipe. I also owe you $80 in cards, so <laughs> don't worry about it. Do you? 
Yeah. Have we not figured that out? All oh. right. While these two are figuring things out off the microphones, uh, just taking a quick look at his Blink deck. Uh, pretty standard build. So you got some, um, you got an Emrakul promised end in here, Ice King, Ice Fang Quaddles, Omnath Locus of Creation, Ragavons, Solitude Furies, Planeswalkers. We got Ren and Six and Baby T, so the Time Raveler. And then lands, um, you know, basic fetch lands and everything's to make sure you get all your different colors you could possibly need. Got some lightning bolts, um, counter spells, abundant growth, ephemerates to get the blink effects, expressive iteration because it's not banned in this format, uh, prismatic ending, dress down, and march of otherworldly light. Uh, some of the notable cards in the sideboard, Meddling Mage, Chalice of the Void, Magus of the Moon, to uh, screw with the other side of things. And, of course, Yurion is in the sideboard because that is the companion. Let's see. He was the, uh, fun fact for you, he was the lone four-color Blink player in the top 12. So, you know, worked his th way through him. Is it mid-range in the finals? And then we've got some other folks that, took that and they've got the top 16 deck lists linked in the article for you now bryce morgan won the modern 5k event with azorius control winning two thousand dollars and also qualifying for the regional championship at dreamhack atlanta and looking at uh christian as far as the top 12 i think they were just kind of saying hey cool it's the you know they knocked four people out so out of the top 12 he was the only one there so i'm sure the top 16 there was another four color blink deck at 15th place yep so trying to you know like they do in baseball they're trying to find stats wherever they can find stats so uh <laughs> the, the to, to, to mention here real quick the top eight is pretty diverse here in modern you got uh is it mid-range living end golgari food uh Eldrazi Tron, Azorius Hammer, um, Amulet Titan, and Boros Burn. Like, that is a pretty diverse modern top eight. And then you don't get uh, double up until you get a uh, two Golgari Yagmoths, another Amulet Titan, two Team Rhinos, and the second four-color Blink deck. Though uh, there is a four-color Tameshi deck, which is a very interesting deck of just, like, returning lands with... Uh, a slight Omnath locus of creation kind of a way to just be making mana and bringing back uh, things to your hand. Because Tameshi is a real, the real thing here of uh, getting lands back and doing shit. Yeah. All right. And then kind of just looking over the Azorius control deck for the modern 5K while Matt was talking about that stuff for you. Uh, pretty standard control deck build. So it's got the counter spells, ops, Supreme Verdict, deal with creature decks. Archmage's Charms to steal the little pivotal things that could be used by the opponent. Um, you know, finding all the ways to get both white and blue. And then, of course, a backup of having a Celestial Colonnade as a creature in there for an alternate win con. But then Bryant Cook, a long-time Storm aficionado, won the Legacy 5K event with his Storm deck, um, as far as my knowledge of legacy storm i've been i'm familiar with modern storm which is mostly total storm at this point from what i know this is a pretty typical build and i mean it's his pet deck so i'm sure it hasn't changed all that much but it's got some of those lion's eye diamonds in there some cards that danny's going to be able to buy a box house from mox chrome moxes <laughs> agnosium in there as well 
Echo of Eons, um, you know, Wishclaw Talisman, and a few other notable cards. Which, and then that kind of covers the magic results from that event. Speaking of some bigger events, so coming up this weekend, it, or no, sorry, it is the weekend of July 30th and the 31st, and I didn't put it in the show notes because I just clicked on the link. We've got the NRG series, and it is the 15K weekend. So this is going to be in Chicagoland trial. This is the Chicagoland trial weekend. So on Saturday, they have a modern 10K trial. Sunday, they have a legacy 5K trial. And this is all in Chicagoland, Illinois. So there's that for you. We also do have on this Saturday, the 16th, a little bit more local for you all. J-Dub's Sports Card and Gaming is holding their modern DreamHack qualifier. So this is a modern event, if you couldn't guess by the name. Starts at noon. And the first 32 to get pre-registered get a Lava Spike promo. The top eight will receive a non-foil Nykthos Shrine to Nyx. And the winner will take home a foil Nykthos Shrine to Nyx. Prizes will be based on the participation. First place will receive an invitation to the regional championship in Atlanta. And that is over the November 18th to the 20th weekend. And you will need to know this. This is the, a competitive level event. So deck lists are required. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to email Josh and his crew at store at JW, so JWW Sports Card and or sportscardgaming.com or give them a call at 701-277-1989 so i know a few people are going to play this event i know i've got family coming into town to meet the little guy so i won't be playing unfortunately i am currently on the fence right now to make sure that everything is good but i'm thinking i'm going to be able to attend this and i'm just going to run this janky gruel aggro deck <laughs> Just gonna just gonna mess with people while you're there. Yeah, it's it. It has one of to longtime listeners. Everybody, a, a lot of people know that one of my favorite cards is Dreadhorde Arcanist and stuff. And there are some combat trick shenaniganery that you can do with Dreadhorde Arcanist. And I am looking at bringing that deck in there, and especially with like Inkmoth Nexus, uh, doing <sighs> things of infecting people out there, pumping up big and doing that shit. So. What a cheeky guy this Matt guy is. I hope all your spells get countered. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best, Danny. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, so that takes it, uh, covers the Boggle Desk for right now. So, Danny, moving it on over to you. So, I haven't talked from Mark, or Mark's perspective, in quite a few weeks. Um, So, I thought it was just... Channel channel your rose water. Let's change it up a little bit. So this week we go to Element Alley. They ask, could you elaborate on the challenges of diversity matters slash lots of different creature types? So Mark replies back as Mark would. Um, If every creature type is different, you're just making count your creature cards or quote counter creature end quote cards. So what is the right as fan for each creature type? Having made a lot of sets and dealt with figuring out a lot of as fans, this is a complex problem to solve. Things to think about. General as fan of each creature type, as fan by color, 
as fan by mana value, and as fan by archetype. Also, you are looking for unique creature type totals. An example is a goblin warrior counts as two. Um, unique combinations, goblin warrior is different from goblin soldier. Creatures that have a different... Uh, Creatures that have a creature type no one else has. Um, I guess both of those are last questions. Um, while I agree there are fun potential payouts, it's a bit of a can of worms structurally. I'll note that things like this don't scare us off it. Uh, we just have to go in knowing there's a lot of work. So I guess it just shows on there's a lot of a lot of mark response. <clears throat> Usually his response is pretty short and simple. But yeah, that's more of a, a thinker of everything. In-depth mark replies are pretty good. I I appreciate those because it kind of like gives a little like peek behind the curtain of uh, the magic game developers of what they are prioritizing, what they're thinking about as they are in vision design, as they're in set design, yep. and all that. It, it it definitely helps. And diversity of creature types is or creature matters is an interesting thing to think about because yeah. Um, the difference between like a goblin warrior or a goblin soldier where what tribe does it like fall in because both of those are very valid tribes just on their own of like being a warrior being a soldier and stuff like mm-hmm. that so yeah for sure so i guess we'll go to the bannings well, of this I week i was about to say it's all you well i wasn't sure if you had anything to say about it so that's why i looked at you oh no i i have nothing to say about alchemy are you talking about the no i was talking talk? about i was talking about the blog talk well i mean that it, it really, it's pretty straightforward thing. There's a lot of different combinations you can do with creature types, and you know what? You're not, you're not gonna make all the ally fans happy. Uh, hint: <coughs> make more allies. Uh, <laughs> Rosewater, if you're listening to this, please, God, make more allies for me, please. Also, I do know there are people that are wanting slivers to come back quite a bit. We're gonna see it. Huh? We've had enough. We're gonna see it. Oh yeah, I, I'm calling United. It was when we might see some. So, as Matt had mentioned before, uh, we do have banning this week, or as of last week. As of arriving on Thursday, July 7th, so last week, uh, the next game update brings several adjustments to cards, individually and in support of deck diversity. Additionally, Grinning Ignis will be banned in Alchemy effective July 7th. So, I'll just let that resonate for a bit. So the individual cards, so Cauldron, uh, Cauldron Familiar, gains Cauldron Familiar can't block. This is an alchemy. So Meat Hook Massacre removed uh, the wordings of whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, gain one life. Okay, that's a pretty good buff. Um, so yeah, That's a reduction. Yep. So Cauldron Familiar and Meat Hook Massacre have shown themselves to be too strong versus conventional creature-based decks in Historic. Uh, Cauldron Familiar effectively shuts down creature combat, and Meat Hook Massacre punishes the opponent to, to for trying to block or trying to build a broad state to keep around Cauldron Familiar, or get around Cauldron Familiar. Uh, we are hoping these two changes will make other creature-based decks more competitive against food decks. It's kind of weird that one's Alchemy and one's just normal Historic. But anyway, next up we have Dragon Rage Chandler on Delirium effects now is a plus two plus oh from the plus two plus two um so the reasoning for this is dragon uh dragon's rage channeler is one of the most powerful cards in historic especially in the arc like phoenix decks um we are hoping to make it easier to interact with an in combat and with removal 
Next up, we have Unholy Heat. Delirium now deals 4 damage, which it used to deal 6. Unholy Heat was too easily undermines Red's weakness to large creatures. This change is meant to make high toughness creatures stronger against Red in Historic. And everyone's favorite card, Winota Joiner of Forces, now triggers when one or more non-human creature you control attack unbanned in Historic. Ropes. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the, the big things there. Winota's unbanned, and you only get one flip off of it, and they feel that that is the, the appropriate fix to do with a card like Winota Joiner of Forces. Well, I mean, for that one, it definitely makes sense, because it's... Not now, it's not. Oh, I have three non humans, so I get three triggers. It's just once a turn. Yep, once a turn. One, uh, of, the, one of the things that we've definitely seen with cards uh, in, in the last like year, it does reduce how powerful a card can be if like activated only once. But the fact is, still, even though if it is only activate once, it is still a strong effect. It's well, the ability of activate whenever got worse when we had so many. Doubling active, active, um, activated ability like spells. Or even creatures with, oh, hey, when you activate ability, uh, activate it again. And it, just the fact that it was easy to trigger all of them. So well, yeah, for, they all like triggered off each other. Stack, so stack, 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 stack. they got out of hand real quick. So, yeah, getting it to be only once a turn makes a broken card into just say, okay, that can deal with this. Yeah, it's not going to put you at such a... Uh, an explosive advantage yep. of dropping a Winota, and I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, we're keeping the explosive potential of the card, uh, but are allowing other decks to overcome it by developing a strong, a strong board presence. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it's cool to see a card like Winota, which was, you know, a very, in paper, a problem of a card uh, in the formats that it is, but in Alchemy to see, you know, the 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 kind of like peek behind the curtain of what Watsi would do to change the power level of a card. And if we look at like Cauldron Familiar, I know you got your opinions, Danny, but I am perfectly fine with the fact that Alchemy is around, even though a lot of people don't like it. But it's, so it's, it's like it's, it's the group thinks. So it's, it's sandbox. It's not the fact they have a problem around it. It's it's the the reason I have a problem with it is what I'm talking about next. So, we all know, Alchemy, when it came out, it's like, hey, this is going to be our testing ground for cards. We can change cards whenever we want to fit the format. Well, as of last week on July 7th, we got our first banning of Alchemy. Brimming Ignis has been banned from Alchemy, a card game or a format that the cards are 100% customizable by Watsy. This card's already been changed once. And the change wasn't good enough, so they decided to ban. Was it changed? I'm pretty sure this was changed once. No, this is still reads as the typical grinning Ignis, because this is a card from so, future sites. One of the one of those sets and stuff. So then, my question is, if it's in Alchemy, why hasn't it been changed? Uh, I mean, one of the things that they was this and was, and was, well, how did it get on Arena then? It was in one of the uh, looks like Strixhaven. Yeah, it was printed in Strixhaven. So they reprinted it in standard district statement, but the thing that makes it broken in alchemy right now is the cards that give it perpetually. So things that reduce the cost of the cast of the spell. Since I it's suppose. A, since it's an uh, elemental, um, there's things that reduce the cost of it. And so when you bounce it and stuff, you can storm count a bajillion because when you pay a red return to your hand, you get colorless, colorless red. 
And then with the perpetually reducing the cost by two to only just a single red, you just like keep boop, boop, boop. I suppose if you pay the red, get that, you get two. And in the Storm Count, uh, Tendals of Agony, I think, is a card that is in alchemy but anyways there's storm cards that matter for that it's just uh the fact that it is super easy and according to this they did discuss rebalancing the card and they say that they may do so in a future date kind of like what they did with winona where they banded off historic which ain't alchemy but historic is just like modern alchemy and stuff so uh we might see gritting ignis come back at like a different cmc or a reduced cost like maybe it does three colors or something like that but yes the fact that it was just straight up banned does kind of like oh okay it's it's one of those things like you you have a format that you said is your testing ground but you're still banning cards from it well i mean that card like were you the one to be able to change the wording and rebalance it in any way how would you rebalance that card without com- without completely ner- like 100% nerfing it? Making it two red instead of like, one. Like the activated ability? Yeah, make it two red. Yep. Yeah. And they can't. That's the easiest way to do it is make it red red. But I mean, there are ways to get infinite colored mana. But off of, that's, what, off of its 1%. ability, off, it, off of its ability, you can't. No, off of its ability, you can't. That, but that's the thing that they're they're breaking its ability, that card's but, ability. But here's the thing that, like, honestly, that is to me. There's an easy way to break that, and it's just unfortunately a lot of people must not be doing it, and there's not a enough ways in alchemy right now to be doing it. Yeah, you return it to the hand, but guess what? As soon as you try to play it the next time, somebody counters it. Well, yeah, that's also there's, easy. There's but... no there's no red counter spells right now in alchemy that are mm-hmm. that are running through my index of what would be considered alchemy cards. But it's just one of those things where it's like to me, there's an easy way to stop it as far as leaving the text alone as is. But but the the easiest way is just make it red red. The, one of the things again, mind you, the thing that's making this busted is the other alchemy cards that do. Uh, that are perpetually making this thing cost less where it's you know the card is now officially stamped of being like oh i no longer have to have this and the fact that because we haven't seen a gritting ignis deck that is like balls to the walls like what we've seen before or like since it's been printed in future site or whatever it came out and shit like that like it hasn't been busted until the introduction of perpetually and that's the kind of thing where that's that that's kind of like the crux of it it's where that, they're they're playing with these mechanics that are online only it's like oh grinning ignis is a card that can get very crazy out of hand if it doesn't have if, if it the 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 fundamental the base stats of the card just yep. get permanently changed to where you can easily make it function in a way that you wouldn't have been able to before i mean i mean you got some cards that are like elemental cards are reduced by X amount or whatever. I don't know. Like it, it, it doesn't give it like perpetually. If it's board white, gone. In this case, this grinning ignis will always have that perpetually cost le- two less and stuff. And yeah. No matter what you do, it can't, it can't lose that. Yeah. yeah. The the ability of perpetual was a broken ability. Like I don't know why they thought, hey, let's make a. It's on arena, you but know, it's it's they're, it's, they're, it's, they're but, trying but to it's, do the Hearthstone equivalent. But it's still so the fact that you're you're building you're building a game off of a card game. That's a physical card game. But remember, remember they said that they want uh, arena to be different from paper. 
on, uh, on several different occasions. But and then don't good. make it off of Magic the Gathering the card game. I mean, that is the, that is the only that is the only argument that that, could, that anyone needs to have. If you want a game that's not Magic, don't base it off Magic. I guess I can't fully argue against something so like it's, that. So it's... The fact, though, it's like how... I don't know. Maybe this falls to the fact of like, oh, it's cool to see these different kind of effects happening in the realm of magic and like actually having a magic adjacent on like... Like being able to play arena... I don't know. This okay. is a whole other so, can of so, worms so, talking so, to like play, being able yeah, to play it, arena just from the banning. I, I knew we were going to have this argument the moment I saw that we, <laughs> I saw we had a banning of alchemy. So the easiest way to have this is... or. I guess he's to answer this is if they want to have alchemy, make every card in alchemy for alchemy. Don't allow don't allow any standard card in alchemy to be devil's advocate. To be devil's advocate. Oh, I know there's a lot of time and effort into it, but yeah, I'm just exactly. saying. But it's, but it's I'm just saying to it's, take like you know ninety percent of the cards from a standard set and having ten percent alchemy cards, kind of like what they're doing. I mean, they're not doing that. They're doing hundred percent standard cards into arena, and they're doing like an additional ten, twelve percent of whatever the set is to make these alchemy cards in its own different format. And those numbers are probably going to get bigger and bigger as you know the set goes on. Uh, as alchemy, or not alchemy, as, as alchemy in the format continues to go. More players are not more players. More wizards are going to be pushing more towards like, oh, let's see what we can do in alchemy, being alchemy, making alchemy, alchemy, and stuff, and not like have it be magic. So it's just kind of like maybe a slow. It's it's it's, it's a giant ship that can't turn one eighty super quick, you know. And like alchemy is just like what you're a, saying is it, it can't it can't do one eighty in a canal from from. from <laughs> from what they want what they're envisioned of what alchemy could be and they're just kind of like you know piggybacking off of what like magic is maybe maybe it's just one of those things like you're obviously gonna have to ban a lot of cards in alchemy because of the fact that they gave everything perpetual or they give the ability of having perpetual perpetual is a very interesting without it being an enchantment that gives everything perpetual it's just oh i'm gonna cast this spell it's in the graveyard but because I cast this spell, I'm going to give this spell perpetual. No matter what happens to everything else, it still has perpetual. If they wanted perpetual to be an ability, have it on an enchantment that had to be on the board. I mean, I can't argue, I can't argue with what like maybe they're going on. But like the fact that they want perpetual to be a mechanic that can be accessible in all their ways of just like integrating, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like perpetual is they, the uh, alchemy evergreen mechanic. I get and that stuff, and they just wanted to like test and see where they can go, and like maybe this, maybe this is like a good pivotal point in what perpetually is, perpetually does, and perpetually will be in the future. It's like they look at the grinning ignis of what it's done to alchemy, and it's like super easy storm count that's you know harder to interact with because alchemy's card pool is not as wide as what you get in like modern or legacy. Yeah, or legacy well, storm that we just saw taking first place in that Syracuse five k. And it's just it's just the easiest way is to not have a instant or sorcery giving a card perpetual. But why not try at least? It's it's, it's just like try to Be- see what happens and then adjust as you so, go. So and you've had you've, you've had twenty twenty nine thirty years of this game going on, but not that much of alchemy. Not but that much that's of not what I'm saying. So you've had so thirty. We- you've had thirty years of card game, and you're like, "Hey, you know what? Let's give this. Let's give this instant the ability to target a card that's in my deck, 
and give it another keyword. But they've never been able to do it until Arena came out with Alchemy and stuff. Like, this is new grounds and stuff for them to be testing. I'm not a fan of Alchemy. I just want to state that. I'm not a fan of Alchemy. The game itself just... is garbage. It's, it's, it sucks. But I appreciate the fact that but this is, it's, like, a, it's, a, a, it's a larger a... testing ground. Like, this kind of goes to the point, like, you always say that Wasi doesn't test their cards. They don't. They don't. Clearly. Us, us players are now contributing with stuff like Alchemy They're so lazy. They like, like, hey, let's just have the players do our testing for us. And then say, sorry, this card doesn't work anymore. We're going to take it away from you. I mean, yeah, that does suck with their whole reward system. Of so it's cards. it's one of those things yeah. is like, it goes back to the, if you test your cards, you wouldn't have this problem. But they're testing them in real time, Danny. <laughs> they're not doing anything. They are reading the numbers. <laughs> Okay, teacher. <laughs> Big G, back me up. I got nothing. <laughs> I, like, I, like Watsi like has done nothing since Arena's come out. I, I know, I know better than to try to go up against Danny uh, when it comes to an argument about Arena and or Alchemy. I know better. Yeah. Because he is not backing down from this. It's, it, it's very true. Arena. Alchemy, I also will twist your words. You will try to, but remember, I I find you oh, find your loop. You can try to find your loopholes. I'll out loophole you yep, every no, day. No, that's fine. But I'm just saying, Alchemy is by far the worst format out there since Watsi's brought up Pioneer. And just kidding. Whoa, whoa just kidding. I was whoa. just, I was just kidding on that one. You can Pioneer. Back Pioneer the is fuck great. Off a Pioneer. Dude. I was kidding. Calm oh. down. How dare you bring that blasphemy in this place? You know what's funny? I am pretty sure that we can go back into the archives and get clips of Danny saying, Pioneer's dead. Fuck Pioneer. <laughs> pretty sure I didn't say that. Pretty sure those JP. Yeah, who knows? Either are. We'll potato, throw, the, we'll throw the little guy under the bus. Potato tomato. But I mean here's You can the, hide more. Here's the like here's the real you know, it's kinda going with you, kinda going with you on this the middle ground, if you will. Uh, yeah, there are bits and pieces that they're still trying to figure out about alchemy, which they have full control over and could do whatever they wanted to. Remember, they it's could, been two years since like Arena has been yeah. out of its beta. Yeah. No. Was it 2019? Uh, yeah. It so out? three. It can't, it's been three years since it's out of its beta. So I mean, they're still fine tuning and stuff to do. Oh, and I get there that. Always will be with some with software based games, but at the same time, like speaking to Danny's point. They could have full control where right there asked him the question, if you had control, how would you fix it? Add a red pip to the ability for activating the ability, be, not what be you solved. get. It would be solved. It, it, would, it would not completely nerf the card, but at the same, and it, it, would, it would be a way of mana filtering, which you know what? I'm sure somebody would try to find a way to still manage to perpetually add up a storm count with that, even with the added hurdle of a second red pip for that. But, but it's another hurdle, man. It's another hurdle. You're right. But I mean, and then thinking about me. Hey, cool. Yeah, you can return it to your hand. I can counter it. Or if you there, really if you really want to stop and make it red, red, red. That that would be way too much. But I'm just saying, if you yeah. really wanted to stop it, go red, red, red. Yep. Yeah, that would that would. Yeah, you, you from red, 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 you get the card back and you get three mana. You yeah. only get one red mana, True. but you get three mana back. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it's it's one of those things where it's like, cool. There are ways you could do it. There are also ways, you know, where people could figure out how to deal with cards without freaking grabbing their pitchforks and torches. 
and going after Watsi and Arena and all the Arena people that are in charge. <clears throat> Danny. <laughs> I just, I just, I go after them because, hey, this is our testing ground for cards, but yet your testing ground still sucks and you don't do your jobs. Okay, here, here's my question though, Danny. How would you do it better? For this card? In general, how would you do it better? Because right now you're going after them. So, saying, saying this is your ground where you can test everything. You have full control. Yep. And this is strictly me going devil's advocate. Mode. Yep. How would you do it better? Hire all the pros. All the pros. Be- all the pros aren't going to have all the answers. No, but they're going to play test. They do play test the cards. They play test. They play test the original versions of the cards for each set. But within the play setting, remember when they're developing yep. sets. There can be three sets being developed at the same time. Mm-hmm. So set number set A might have cards that s- the people that are in charge of set C that are being created at the same time aren't aware of the cards that are in set A and how the interactions between cards in set C and set A so that right can there, affect each other. So that right there is where they need to change. But here's the thing. If you know, and this is something we've talked about too, that mm-hmm. Wizards is pumping out stuff. Super yep, way quick. too fast. You're right. They could slow down how things or are they working. Could, or they could go back to the three-set blocks. They could. But then at the, we still had trouble when it was three-set blocks. Well, yeah. Well, yes. too. But we, we didn't, I will say this. We didn't have as many problems. We didn't have problems every single set. Yeah. But we had problems with the first set of the three. The second one nerfed it. And the third one was used to just lackluster cards that weren't really sought after. But we were we were okay with that because we knew we were going to have at least one good set, followed by a set that had the answers for the first set, and the space between were just lollygag. Yeah, I I mean there are pros and cons to the old way of doing things and the new way of doing things. And honestly, here's the thing: for me, there are going to be things I don't like. There are going to be things I love, I'd, and it's the same for you. I completely agree. I there like and one of the things we'll talk about in the news. I'm not the biggest fan of, but you know what? Somebody else is going to be a huge fan of it. So it's it's all about their try. They are doing their very best to try to appease and please all Magic players across the community. No one else matters except for me. <laughs> then you know what? Start start investing so you can get to Alta Fox levels of making decisions. But well, it, clearly it, they're not high enough to make any decisions. So why would I aim for their height? Or aim for their height to start and then get higher. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's just that thing. Like, we as outsiders, not knowing the full scope of the inner workings of things, can always have our criticisms of things. But the, at the end of the day, we need to remember people are doing their jobs and doing their best to do their jobs. And we might not understand everything that goes into their jobs. I get it. So get off your fucking high horse. No, I will not. <laughs> See, what, me, I mean? see me, what I mean here, Matt? Elk me is garbage. I can't argue with the man. Elk me is garbage. I can't even get him to see the other side. He, he no, sees I, the other side. I see, he flips I see off you. the other side and just keeps I, riding along on his high horse. He, he's staying I on am, this side. He's the Billy Goat's great that's staying on the low grass side. I of see that the, the grass the, is the green over there, but I know it's he, not. He's so like, I stay on my side of the fence and I flick him off. He's like, it's green. It's artificial. I don't want that. I want to stick to my yellow peat on grass over here. At least I know it's real. <laughs> I got to say, I do love these conversations that we get to have during these types of You're episodes. welcome. Mainly because it's one of the few times that we get Matt to somehow check out a little bit. <laughs> because he's just sitting here going, oh, fuck these guys. They're going to try to have an intellectual conversation about this. 
And it's not that I don't care, but it's I know better than to try to get in between these two. But yeah, so I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know what, we can have all the criticisms in the world we want to have. It's, but it's, it's just, just it, it just goes back to my my statement earlier is like they claim it's their testing ground for cards, but yet they're still abandoning in alchemy. But here's legitimately here's the thing though. How many times you've played alchemy? Never, because I don't play arena. How many times? How many times you've played standard? I haven't played since Born of Gods. Okay. How many times have you played Modern? Or Not Pioneer? Very much. Well, Pioneer because they didn't play Pioneer yeah. when they first started. But I have a deck. Yeah. But then, you know, for you, you're strictly a commander player, right? At, more at more, more often than not, yeah. yes. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you're, you're, you have your viewpoints I, I, on the I cards. Can, I, I get it. Like, Alchemy I have my card, format. Alchemy cards have nothing to do with us. They don't. As commander players. They don't. You are but, old man shaking fist at Sky. But it's it, no, it's it's the fact of the idea of alchemy. Dang, I'm, I'm shaking my I'm shaking my fist at the idea the idea of alchemy and what the format is. Fair. And 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 what they're trying to do to a card game that's been thirty years. But but remember, around they they have said on several occasions that alchemy is not the same as paper. Like those are two separate. Oh, I I get stuff. that. I get that. But when ninety percent of the format is real paper cards, that's where I have a problem. But ten percent is different, and ten percent is not. So. But when majority of it's still real, well, you are therefore real. Historic is a arena only format. Yeah, because they don't have the capability of having all pioneer or modern. If it would be pioneer, basically, if they could go back far enough. But why don't you have a problem with historic? Because they don't change cards every couple weeks. They do. Historic falls alchemy bannings and adjustments yeah. and stuff that's one of the things that people don't like as well i also don't play anymore so i don't, <laughs> don't care really but i'm just saying alchemy at well that's the thing if they're changing stuff with historic because of alchemy rulings like wording of alchemy they should be doing that it's, historic's out of alchemy but alchemy's in historic it does it shouldn't you should have the original printing of the card for historic because historic is an alchemy that that's just one of those another things like if you're gonna have different formats, don't have them cross like that. Yeah, but at the same like I understand why yeah. why they made historic because historic is the pioneer of arena standard. Yeah, so you need an eternal format on arena, otherwise people would just stop playing. Yeah, when they go to hey let's let's make this third format of alchemy. Sure, have it as its own format. And have it by itself. Because it is a completely different game from historic or standard. Correct? Alchemy, yeah. Yep. So why would you have it cross lines? Hey, hey, we're going to have this alchemy card put into historic. Well, I, you're not the only one that finds the alchemy historic standard ethos. The, the, the formats on arena. It's a broken love triangle. That should never have happened. Confusing indeed. And you're not the only one that experiences that. Like that, that, look, that would be my on, debate on that. It's like look it, on Reddit, look on Twitter. All Magic players, when it comes to Arena and Alchemy, have that have that feeling as well. Where it's like, why, why is Alchemy like, affecting historic? Alchemy can be Alchemy like if, can be your love child. I don't care. Yeah, if Alchemy was just, just like its own, don't format, let it touch the format that I actually play. People are definitely more jaded at the fact that it also includes historic, but it's like. 
at that same time it's like this is how they can like experience uh, and test cards like if people want to play historic just kind of like force it in which is bad don't get me wrong probably not the best way to do it but they they got, they you, got numbers, they got data. You, you made Historic to be the eternal format for Standard on Arena. That was why they made Historic. Because after two years of it, after beta, they're like, hey, for all your cards that you have not played with for the last couple of years, let's make it a format so you can play with them. Oh, well, it, was, it was essentially, Historic was essentially pre-Pioneer. Yep, or Pioneer's replacement on Arena. Yeah. Well, no, because Historic came out before Pioneer even came out. I suppose, yeah, it did. But it's still one of or I guess it was Pioneer or Arena's modern, technically. Yeah. Tech, well, either way, whatever. But it's it's one of those formats that, like, what would you think of, like, hey, your favorite card in modern is now changed because we want it to. We, they, literally, they, we literally changed the wording to nerf it or buff it or something. Well, they, to they, don't, they don't change my favorite cards. They just ban them. What what what? Do, in that, in that level of like changing what cards are, there has been instances where cards have been uh, reworded. Like it's no longer. God, I'm trying to think of like errated. Yeah, like, like there's been some some things not, have been errated. Not errated, but just like a function, uh, like a functional reprint, just on like a different level of like the balance of it for like. So I can't fu- I can't think of an example, but there so are functional cards. a functional reprint like, is fine because they're not changing the card. They're making another card. Okay. That is similar to the card that you have. Look at Smothering Tithe and Monolith Tax or Monologue Tax. Like that's a, that's a good prime example of where it's like Smothering Tithe is a super buff card, yep. and then they made Monologue Tax. Like this ain't in modern, but this is like in Commander and stuff. But clearly, it's not as powerful as Smothering Tithe is. Now imagine if they just took Smothering Tithe and reworded it to Monologue Tax. So they, all they're doing is they're just giving you the second card option and stuff. Of where it's like Smothering Tithe, Smothering Tithe fixed. I get that. That is 100% fine. I'm fine with that because you still have the two different taxes. And you do in Arena, it's on standard. Alchemy is its own format again. And so it's but not you just, like you but, don't get... But that was... That was you don't get that's the, where the argument. You just said they're crossing Alchemy into Historic with Alchemy's wording. Yeah, they're, yeah. Changing, they're changing Historic cards to our alchemy words yes and that's the thing that people are definitely and that's upset what, about that's what i'm trying to get that's what i'm getting at it's like yeah, you shouldn't be not not doing the, that and that's, you're not the only one that that's where my that. that's where my question is hey your favorite card in modern what if they just reworded they reprinted the same word same text or the same card but hey we're gonna change a couple words so they don't work the same way exactly and that's the thing where in a lot paper. of people they're also upset at alchemy the fact that they're doing that to historic the historic format but they're like if you want to have alchemy cards affect historic like make it alchemy historic and stuff wade's here like, <laughs> he's been summoned welcome wade welcome to the shit show oh man speaking right, of shit right. show we got we got some shit that we still got to cover here yeah i was about to say why don't we why don't we take a step back let's <laughs> all breathe <laughs> This is all say Alchemy sucks and should have been a format. Take a reset. No, take your pull of beer that you owe us from earlier. Nope, I would take that one. Take take a pull of Moonshine then. Fine, I'll take that. (laughs) Easily persuaded. You guys are bad influences. Did everyone see the twisting of the arms? And yet you're here every week. Yeah, well, it just gives you a reason to get out of the house for a few hours. You see, the thing is, you are the Alchemy card, and we are the Historic. Oh, no, 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 we we said we're done with the topic. We're done with, we're done with the topic right now. Take, take you can't drink. even get the analogy right. Danny, take your drink. Shut up. No, Matt says drink. He's not here. You don't know that in spirit. 
No mod, show up, Daddy, and I'll take a drink. Daddy, no mod. Just take one right now. All right, so let's bust in some new stuff. So we've got a Magic the Gathering Reveals game night, free for all, and new Pioneer Challenge decks. So the first thing we're going to be talking about here, they've announced two pre-constructed products from Wizards of the Coast aimed at getting new players introduced to the game, which is awesome. Always find new ways to introduce new players, which is great. So both the Game Nights free-for-all box and the 2022 Challenger decks for Pioneer will be launching on October 14th, bringing them with a total of nine pre-constructed decks you can play right out of the box. Okay, so, and this was on Weekly MTG. Uh, So first, the Game Night free-for-all is the third Game Night box released for Magic the Gathering. Like the two before, it is intended to be played in a multiplayer format with five players. The box includes five decks, each with specifically constructed and balanced play for all <laughs> against each other. Sorry, I just had to take that look at you when they when they mentioned balance. It's a play. box set. Obviously balanced. <laughs> the entire point of the game night boxes so, is to remove so here, is to here, remove the trading here, aspect from magic. Here they just, did their jobs correctly. And just have a game you can play and not yell at each other. Too much. I'm just saying, here they correctly balanced, correctly balanced decks. So, they did their job. Here we go. Talking about a few things that are coming in this wonderful game night set. Nice. So, this this is the, like we talked about, an introductory product meant to bring new players into Magic. Each of the five new, not quite commanders, are relevant, relatively simple. Monocolored creatures, for instance. Vulgar necro- Necropolis Tyrant. There we go. Jesus. Is a mono black zombie giant that gets plus one, plus one counters whenever cre- a creature dies. While uh, Zim- Zamriel, Saphir of Steel, gives equipment... Or equipped creatures you control indestructible on your turn. Notably, the blue creature um, is Magic's first legendary siren. Ten out of ten would take her out for some sushi and sashimi. <laughs> but by far, is that appropriate? Probably not. But <laughs> would do it, Matt. <laughs> there's so many things I want to say right now. <laughs> But instead of Danny saying those things, we're gonna move on with exactly so what the with exactly with what the article says. But by far the best of these is a Muriel Elfin Elite, whose elf tribal abilities and ability to get its combat damage through players, regardless of blockers, could make it a viable piece for elf tribal decks and other formats. You Best bet your sweet ass I will be buying this strictly for the elf. You know what's really unfortunate? What? I bet you that uh, Maeve is not a fan of Red Lobster. The second product launching on October 14th (laughs) in this year's selection of Pioneer Challenger decks. Pioneer is a newer format printed using only standard cards since 2012 Return of Ravnica block. 
and this has rapidly been gaining popularity in the recent years, especially with it having Pro Tour applications. Finally. This is the second collection of Challenger decks, which aim to reproduce budget-friendly takes on some of the format's most popular archetypes. So, looking at the four decks here, just reading the titles and giving you the color schemes, we've got Demir Control for Pioneer. We've got Orzov Humans, so black-white. We've got Is It Phoenix, blue-red, and Gruel Stompy, the red-green deck of this set. So these will all be coming out on October 15th, ready to play for you. So if you know you got a Pioneer event coming up sometime in October and you just go, I don't have time to get a deck together. Well, if it's after after October 14th, you can just buy this deck, one of these decks, and just play it right I, out of the gate. This times up pretty well with the North America Dream Hack in Atlanta happening yep. in November, which is Pioneer. So. Yep. So like I said, Pro Tour type stuff going with this has definitely been helping that um but both these products like we said will be launching on october 14th a mere week after the launch of the parody set unfinity so october 7th is when that set comes out and the upcoming warhammer 40k commander decks are scheduled to be coming out during quarter three of 2022 so this is going to be like we talked about, a very busy year for Magic the Gathering fans. Hey, who wants to talk about the next secret layer that's coming out that everyone's so excited for? <laughs> Hint, this is what I was talking about that I'm not necessarily excited for. I, I, I guess since I haven't uh, done a lot, yep. a lot of reading tonight. Yeah, Matt. I know. Yeah, what, God. Do you, what do you even do here? I don't know what I do here. Just Push turn. buttons. Oh, well. Yes. Yours? You, yeah, y'all need me to push or computer buttons. Y'all have a hard time pushing buttons. School yeah, lobster roll. Okay, but before we continue this, I do got to say one more thing. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this. I'm on the seafood diet. I wish I could be on. Dude, my re- the development of this the fish allergies bumming the hell out of me. He sees food, he eats it. That's and great. let me tell you, Maeve. Mm. Just talk about the secret layer, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay so instead I, of roast beef he has crab i am fine has crabs there's a difference back to you hey man it makes things more uh popping <sighs> clapping oh my yuck. god let's Pinch- go yuck tingly just move forward you and all your little friends can just keep walking perfect i get some of those <laughs> uh ign this is an article from IGN that's talking about the Magic the Gathering Fortnite crossover. The cards are officially revealed. And more importantly, the cards that are revealed are uh, Wrath of God, which is entitled Shrinking Storm. Remember, these, uh, so these are universes beyond. So they have the little triangle at the bottom. And uh, they are... I don't know, they're in the universes beyond Spectrum, but they are of magic cards that have been printed and stuff before. So Shrinking Storm is Wrath of God. Dance Battle is Dance of Many, the one card that a lot of people are excited are getting a reprint since... When was Dance of Many last printed? A long fucking time ago. should be looking that up. But uh, you have Supply Llama, which is Ethereum Sculptor. Crack the Vault, which is Grim Tudor. 
Battle Royale, Triumph of the Hordes, another card that people are excited about uh, because it's getting a reprint. It hasn't gotten a reprint since Mirrored and Besiege. It is like a $10 plus uncommon. <clears throat> fifth edition is the last time Dance of Many was printed. It was fifth edition? Okay. Uh, Battle Bus, Smuggler's Copter, and the Cube, which is Planner Bridge. So uh, both the sets, which is the Secret Lair, Fortnite, Landmarks, Locations, uh, both sets also have a secret card that Watsi has asked us not to spoil yet, IGN in this reference, and who doesn't love a surprise? So there's going to be another card that is going to be bonkers or something. We don't I, have all I the details. I think the way I would interpret that is two cards because they have a land set and a cards set. Uh, so I think each yeah. one of them has their own. Yeah, that's that's right, because they also have the basic lands uh, from locations in the game Fortnite. Have you guys ever played Fortnite yourself? Not nope. a single time. Okay, good to know. Uh, you can start purchasing them July 21st at 9 a.m. on the Secret Lair website page. One thing that IGN can assume is that the fancy box they arrive in is not standard. This isn't the first video game crossover Magic has done. They did things with uh, uh, Street Fighter and stuff. So I'm just trying to look at these boxes now. That They said that they're not a standard box. Like, uh, it, so the box that they're talking about is the box that they put both of the secret layer boxes in. It's it's a cube. Uh, if oh, you saw that one. Oh shit, I did see that because yeah. I shared it in the in the Discord. That's yep. right. So that's the one they're talking about that that might not be the one that comes standard. It might just be the special box that got sent to IGN. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, secret layer. Are you guys excited for the Fortnite now that we have the cards and stuff there? Honestly, like if I the hard part with me with the reprinted cards with the new faces and stuff. And you know what? If it was the only version of a card I could get, I'd play it. I don't play Fortnite, so I don't I don't get the the faces on the new cards at all. And it's not me being like old man, I don't play Fortnite. It's, I don't play many video games as much as as at all right now. So like them doing Street Fighter, I get that one because that's something I used to play. And stuff. So, like, I know the characters and stuff. The Fortnite stuff, I don't know. That one. So, for me, like, if there were the only versions of, you know, if it was the only version of Triumph of the Hordes I could get, I would, obviously, I'd play it. Because Triumph of the Hordes is a good card. Very much so. It's a good game, Ander. But the this is one of those ones that, you know what, I'm not super excited for. And it's, and it's not... I'm not going, oh, what the hell, Watsi, why are you doing this? It's just one of those things where it doesn't appeal to me. And we've talked about this with, like, the D&D sets. Like, not a D&D player. So, you know, some of the cool stuff they're getting to do with some of the lore and everything and the mechanics based off of how it equates to the D&D side of things, but putting it in magic, it just doesn't appeal to me. And you know what? That's okay for me. I can take a break from, from getting secret layers. Because this one doesn't appeal to me. Save your wallet for the next one that's going to be coming for fucking Universe or United, uh, Dominary United, because there's going to be some fucking sick fucking secret layers. You know it. I, I just don't even know what I'm going to do anymore at this point. Sell so kidney. You're just going to give Watsi a direct line to your bank account and be like, yo, you're making something? Go ahead, just take it out. You know, no, even better. You know how people get child support taken out of the paychecks? I'll, uh-huh. just, I'll just have Watsi do that. There we go. You know, I would be having uh, child support taken out of my paychecks as soon as I get to be introduced with Maeve. There'd be, like, giant squids, because I'm a tall person. 
dear listeners, the silence you have right now is both Danny and I going, what the hell are we doing here right now? And why does Matt keep talking about fucking a fish? Have you never Pretty had, sure it's had, an octopus. It's a siren, which means it's very similar to a mermaid. And I feel like... But weren't, Matt, si- weren't sirens technically walruses? That that's should, that no. that sh- that like sailors the, the sailors, sailors thought were they women. thought they were women but they, they were, were walruses they, they were, were manatees were, they weren't walruses walruses are different than a manatee well so, walrus or manatees are closer to yes. a seal walruses are not yep they're both fat and ugly but here uh, here's sir. my thought process of Matt continuously going about fucking mates his bestiality no, no no I'm just stating that I like sushi. All, all I'm saying is the first thing that pops into my head Tuna. is is the Futurama episode where Fry goes and tries to fuck a mermaid and he goes, wait, where do I put it in? That's the one where it's the opposite as well, where it's like the fish head and le- human legs. Yep. I remember that one. See, I do watch TV all, all shows. I, all I'm looking at you going is, God damn, you're Philip J. Fry and you're going to try to fuck a fish and not know what to do. And yet it's still comical. <laughs> Our listeners are going, what the... Our Patreons are going to listen to this episode and go, what the hell am I They're paying for? They're used to it. I feel, like, used to I feel it like this, this I feel like this is even way in left field for us. Matt talking about fucking a fish. He's <laughs> definitely gone out of bounds, but... So I got a picture of the next bit of news here. Oh my god. Please, no. What... what, what oh, I was like, what... Could, I had the next article that you had linked pulled up. So I was like, what could you have a picture of this for? Um... There's this thing called Rule 34. And I'm God pre- damn it. No. No. <laughs> no. And you don't need to apply Rule 35 either. To Maeve? Yes. Okay. Anyways, it's a picture that's more prevalent to those that matter about, that care more about magic than Maeve. Um, it's it's about the heads I win, tails you lose. I got that piece. Okay. Okay. So... Uh, There's some people that are posting some updates on the heads I win, tails you lose. We covered it, uh, I think it was like a couple months back when they were saying that they were... Four weeks ago. Four weeks ago. Yep. Uh, when it got announced that it was getting delayed, that one specifically getting shipped out. And because of that, there's an article or uh, an email that was sent out to the people that ordered it that says, thank you so much for your order of the heads I win, tails you lose commander deck for from the Secret Lair 2021 event. As mentioned in previous communication regarding the delay, we want to show how much we appreciate your patience and support by providing two Kamigawa Neon Dynasty collector boosters per debited order containing a Heads I Win, Tails You Lose Commander deck. Qualified orders have been identified and shipping for the two Kamigawa Neon Dynasty collector boosters packs will begin in the next couple of weeks. Again, we sincerely apologize for the inconvenience of the delay and we are working diligently to complete the manufacturing of this drop. What next? If your address has changed and all this other stuff there of just like the the logistics of it and then uh, thank you Wizards of the Coast email support 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I have a funny feeling more. I don't know. I, I'm I'm really appreciative that Watsy is going, hey, we've fucked up. Here's something for us to say they're sorry. Why not do a pack of Double Masters? Why not? Or or just regular Double Masters packs or one collectors of Double Masters. That'd really get people to say thanks. Danny and I, were we were talking about this before, and I, I had that exact same thing. It's like, Double Masters is out. What's stopping them from sending like a Double Masters collector booster instead? Money. Because, well, even no, here's the other thing. Even Histories of New Capenna, that's the most yeah. recent standard set. It's just like, 
Why wouldn't they, why is, wouldn't they do the most recent one? Like I get why they wouldn't do Boulder's Gate because you know it seems like Boulder's Gate is just tanking. Kamigawa was the best selling winter set. True. We didn't hear anything about uh, Capenna being the best selling spring set. I, I would so like maybe to, I would thinking, like to think I'm one of the few people that single handedly made it one of the best for Kamigawa. <laughs> I had people looking through my trade stuff and they're like, "Holy shit! How much new Capenna did you open? Oh, new Capenna." And I was like, dude, I, I, and for me, and I've talked about it here, I love the Neuroring 20s theme of this, that set. It's so good. So, and I know people hated it. And it's just one of those things like we talked about. Some people are going to like things. Some people aren't. I like the Roaring 20s. Others didn't. I don't like Fortnite. Others do. So this is my stab in the dark. Yeah. That is just because Kamigawa was the best selling set at the time. And by the time they probably got this information, like locked in on higher ups and stuff, like Double Masters wasn't officially out yet since it just came out this last Friday. And this letter just came out Monday and shit like that. So maybe there's just like, it, it, maybe it just missed and stuff. So it's like, since Kamigawa is the best selling set, people clearly want to have the Kamigawa boosters, collector boosters. So that's okay. the thing. How much do you want to bet there's going to be like the initial ones that get sent out of the heads I win, tails you lose? Are they going to be curled and crimped? And then all of a sudden there's going to be another fucking set of boosters that are going to be sent out kind of like the whole sheet thing from the mystic not mystical archives uh no. mythic editions do you remember when they had a similar fuck up with the secret layer and they sent out the we're sorry product with the secret layer and it ended up being booster boxes instead of booster packs and i can't remember it was Am i drawing a blank on this because i don't remember it was one this. of the it was one of the first secret layers like within the first year did this have and something to do with the uh, had, the constellations or was it I don't remember which one. I think no, it was the uh, it was uh, the, 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 the the ladies one, the International the one. Women's Day. Okay, one I think it was, and they had they had screwed up, and they wanted to do like an apology collector booster pack, and I and I'm trying to remember what the set was out at that time, but the, they had accidentally like the first string of people that got stuff sent, they got a full box. Instead of just a pack. And Watsi said, you know what? We are really sorry. And our sorry present unfortunately got, you know, we we sent you too much. Uh, too much. Um, but you know what? Keep it. Was it? I think it was that one. I don't remember. No, that's just a. Uh... Uh, it's, but the the first, like the first wave of ones that got sent out. They accidentally sent a, I think it was a booster box. That's impressive. Instead of a booster pack, like they were talking. And while while you're reading the next article, I'll try to find it. Okay. Well, I guess if that means that I'm reading the next article. The next article will lead us into contracurrency, kind of, because this is kind of like the bigger topic that is happening here this week. Just today, announced today, July 11th, 2022, at 11 a.m. this morning. From PRN or PRNewsWire.com, TCG player to acquire Channel Fireball and Binder POS. You heard that correctly. TCG player is planning to acquire Channel Fireball and Binder POS. So, TCG player, I'm going to read verbatim here because this is very interesting and a lot of money and a lot of shit like that like big businesses combining this is going to this is going to have some impact on the magic world for sure 
TCG Player, the leading technology platform for the collectible industry and operator of the largest online marketplace for trading card games, today announced that it has entered into a definitive agreement under which TCG Player will acquire Channel Fireball and Binder POS, uniting the most iconic brands in the trading card game industry. Launched in 2009, Channel Fireball established itself as a premier content provider and event coordinator for the TCG industry, providing professional strategy advice to millions of TCG collectors, hobbyists, fans, and players, and hosts large-scale competitive tournaments around the world. In 2020, Channel Fireball merged with Binder POS, we did talk about it on the podcast before, a leading inventory management and point of sale solution for hobby stores to create the cfb group today hundreds of retailers around the world rely on binder pos as an inventory management solution which processes approximately 20 million dollars of gross merchandise value on an annual basis Quote, together with Channel Fireball and Binder POS, we deepen the connection between the collectors and retailers via online and physical store channels, accelerating a strategy that has been front and center to us since our founding, said Chad Hampson, founder and CEO of TCG Player. The quote continues, for the first time ever, TCG Player will provide a comprehensive POS solution that seamlessly connects a hobby store's inventory to the TCG marketplace. TCG Player Marketplace, while also enabling the sale of any collectible on their store's shelves, including comic books, sports cards, and board games. As a combined entity, we will also merge the industry's best content with the world's largest marketplace for TCGs by bringing together our world-class expertise infrastructure and scale in this way. We expect to deliver value to our community in new and exciting ways. End quote. Hampson continued, as a combined company, we will work together to advance TCG players' purpose, connecting hobbyists to communities to relentless improve, re- relentlessly improve the exchange of things to, uh, of things and thoughts that fuel the passions. This purpose is core to both companies and critical in creating a shared organization with a common goal of empowering sellers, delighting hobbyists across the collectible universe. We have long admired Channel Fireball and Binder POS team and look forward look forward to welcoming talent group of professional of professionals to TCG Player. I am confident that through the combination we will create enhanced opportunities for team members, hobbyists, sellers and our shared partners by combining with tcg player channel fireball and finder pos will enhance our ability to serve the tcg community joining team with a shared vision culture complementary strengths says john sasso president of cfb group the channel fireball and binder pos team should be incredibly proud of what we have accomplished and excited for the opportunities ahead of us as we join with tcg player i look forward to working with the tcg player team as we bring our companies together this transition marks an exciting milestone for Channel Fireball and Binder POS, said Josh Grant, CEO of the CFB Group. Joining forces with TCG Player will position us to deepen our commitments to local game stores and expand our platform's reach and create a larger and more diversified company with a shared TCG legacy. Together, we will have a larger and more meaningful impact on our community, and I look forward to seeing all that we accomplish as a part of the TCG Player team. Unquote. Under the terms of the agreement, TCG Player will acquire CFB Group's Binder POS 
is Channel Fireball content arm, the Channel Fireball marketplace, and its Channel Fireball events operating segment. The combination will deepen the value deepen to value TCG player, channel fireball, and binder POS will will be able to offer hobbyist retailers and collectors, allowing the com- combined company to unite and integrate in in complementary features for the benefit of the collectibles industry. Additionally, the transition will accelerate TCG Player's vertical expansion strategy, taking the company beyond its core trading card business and into new hobby collectible categories like comic books and sports cards. So there's some compelling strengths here that were mentioned. I was just going to read like the, the, the key part about it. Uh, compelling strength benefits of this merger will be deliver collectible Collectibles focused on SAAS solutions that empower retailers, retailers in-store and online, unite, unite the most influential content brands in the industry, and enhance the collectible customer experience with unrivaled subscriber rewards. The transition is expected to close in the coming weeks, and TCG Player will provide an update on the combined entity's go-forward corporate structure as integration plans are implemented. During this time, the TCG Player, Channel Fireball, and Binder POS teams will ensure all new and existing users experience no platform or service disruptions. Holy shit. So, uh, TLDR to all of that, TCG Player is buying Channel Fireball, and they're just kind of like merging. It's uh, The way that they're making it sound is that everything is just going to like work together and be a new thing that's TCG Player-based more than like channel fireball based um i think we've covered in the past when cfb events went out they went out due to uh covid and bankruptcy is how the events did not do well cfb had several different uh subscription restructures and then with the introduction of the marketplace within the last last year was the marketplace last year i think it was in the last year the marketplace was implemented and stuff so there, there's there's a lot of things that are going to be happening in the secondary market of magic uh, collectibles because uh, you a uh, quick quick thing to mention here a lot of people online are saying this is a monopoly kind of move and stuff here and uh, I, I don't know don't it call is. I'm not much of a Debbie Downer and stuff here it's 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 a power move but not to the level of a monopolization due to the fact we still have Star City games have ebay we have card kingdom and there's troll and to- toad like those are all big competitors where it's to the point of it's, it's not like an ant at&t takeover that happened whatever fucking 2000s yeah and shit like that like it's not it it could be a sign for that but i don't so so with that analogy it's still a monopoly takeover because they own now so before it was five now it's four. TCG took over the fifth, so they're now at technically forty percent. Well, it depends on where everyone else how, is at twenty percent. It depends on how much traffic goes through a lot of those. Like it's hard. I don't know necessarily. So the question how, is, how often do you buy cards off Star uh, Star City? Uh, Star City has been a while. I do Card Kingdom. I do TCG Player, Channel Fireball, and I have done eBay. It's just. Okay. I do if I buy cards off the internet and I'm not going to LGS is honestly I would pro- I get a it's a fair split between Card Kingdom and TCG. Okay, mainly so because Card Kingdom I signed up and I get their text message updates 
Okay. Um, so it's kind of that whole, um, what's in the forefront of your mind is the last thing you got a message from or the last thing yep. you saw. So that's the one I see the most. Obviously, like when I go and scan cards, I use TCG player app. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a fair mix between those. I don't do eBay too much. Like I look on there every now and then for like random garage sale. Yeah. Something you can pick up for a little bit and yep. possibly flip. Yeah. So, but yeah. So no one, no one that I know uses Star City to buy yeah. cards. I remember. So that to have them into the argument of being in that business isn't really an argument because it's really TCG player and Card Kingdom. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like Star City gets a lot of attention because of their events. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I think they're, they're known for their events, but not really their marketplace. But I. And at the same time, though, maybe maybe we're our mindset is very much in our area, possibly. Where you know maybe the bigger cities and further out west, further out east, go a little bit more. I, I guess I'm just looking off of like the apps that we use. Yep. The websites we use, Moxfield, yep. Card Kingdom, and TCG. Um, I was talking about this earlier. MTG Familiar uses TCG. Your app was using TCG. That that is one thing that TCG does have a strong benefit on their API, like their backend to like allow uh, other people to like get in and use their so their their data, their analytics and yeah. stuff is they, more they perp- accessible. They, than- they basically just bought the second grade of technology from Car- uh, Channel Fireball, which is interesting because again, remember, Marketplace has only been out for a year. Like Channel Fireball themselves were their own store yep. selling their stuff yep. before they became a marketplace. So yep. like Binder POS allowed them to be something to rival TCG player. And if yep. we're going to be looking at maybe an angle like with, at that angle there with maybe TCG players because they got so much money, they're like, "Yo, Channel Fireball is actually doing legit, and we don't want them to rival us. So we'd rather them be under our umbrella than be on the umbrella across yeah. the street. So my guess is they didn't buy it for Allegedly. they didn't buy it for Channel Fireball. They bought it for the POS system. Yeah, probably. So a lot of the store, like um, I'm in Chimera's uh, Discord, they use Binder POS. Okay. Yeah. So the stores are using Binder POS. Yeah, that's one of the that was that one is, of the benefits. That is the reason why TCG bought them. And it's not for Channel Fireball. They could probably give a crap about Channel Fireball. It's the fact that they owned Biner POS. They were in partner with them as a CFB company. They bought it for the POS to get all the stores using TCG's prices. That's going to be an interesting thing to see. Um, so it, it'll, it'll, it'll be it's interesting to see how things change. So so it is. It is a monopoly move. Not in the way we're thinking, though, or we initially were talking it's, about. It's but. definitely a chess move in their part. Yeah. It's not like what we're saying, the ATT and Verizon. That was a monopoly. Yeah. That was a definition monopoly move back in 2008, yeah. seven. I do, I do want to mention here one of the big things is like what's going to happen uh, to the quote-unquote backpack sellers on tcg player if something like this happens i imagine like the the way that it sounds tcg player since they're buying channel fireball it's like they are absorbing channel fireball and just taking like the good parts and like one of the things that channel fireball proud uh was proud about is that 
hey, our marketplace is for brick and mortar stores specifically. So is that going to be kind of a thing where it's like, here's TCG player marketplace and you can get like anybody here to like the backpack vendors. And then there's like the TCG player channel fireball thing where it's like, these are guaranteed or brick and mortar. You're supporting local businesses and stuff and like more of like non sketch shit that, you know, channel fireball was really emphasizing on when they created the marketplace. But then the other thing to think about too is, um, are they are they going to change anything about Channel Fireball and how it exists, or will oh, it just easy. be Channel Fireball stays the way it is, but they just they also happen to own that the, type the, of a thing? A lot of questions and a lot of answers that are going to be coming in the next few weeks, as they said, as they're working out the finalization of this. But it is in motion now. Yep. This is, uh, I mean, I guess maybe Channel Fireball could like back or tcg player could like back out on buying and do yeah. a whole elon musk kind of a thing but but barra barra just posted in the discord too 50 percent is the base definition for a monopoly so should be fine as of right now yeah as of right now i think we're good as and, of right and, now. they're 10 percent below because we're not even as we're not right even now. including like big big stores like nrg they have their own store on their website and they're midwest huge and stuff like that you got mox boarding house more on the the the, the west coast and they have their own online retail yeah. as well that's a, a website that you know it's just a, where we are you you get these bigger names uh of uh star city of channel fireball card kingdom like because they're the ones that are reaching out more to more well-seen uh content creators and stuff and Barra says 10% is 10%. Anyway, I did find out the secret layer and what they gave. Yes. Okay. It was the International Women's Day drop. And they accidentally sent a display box of collector boosters for Theros. Ah. And I, like I have the actual tweets. Due to an internal miscommunication, a number of secret layer fans who bought the Women's Day International Women's Day drop recently received a display box of collector's booster when our intent was to send out an individual collector booster, part two of the tweet. We meant this to be a sorry for the wait gift due to COVID-19 related shipping delays. And we apologize to those who are now expecting a display box. Future International Women's Day and Theros Drop shipments will include an individual collector's booster. So they didn't send out, they sent no. out the, the displays. So, well, but remember, they send out these in waves. Yeah. So the first wave of the International Women's Day ones got the, got the display box. Everyone else just got one pack. Good on the the first wave. Oh yeah. Bad. I think um, I'm trying. I can't remember if anyone uh, like Ben or Anthony got these, but I think we had talked about this. Going shit, we should have bought them. It's one of those things. 2020 hindsight. Yeah. Same you can look at with uh, heads I win, tails you lose. That was one yeah. that I was actually contemplating for the longest time. I, and I get. didn't jump on that one either. I th that was one we talked about. If I was going to get anything out of that super drop, it would have been the deck. Exactly. Because with and that I one. didn't do it. Yeah, because yeah. 2021, it was after, uh, what was the fall set? Before Kamigawa. Was the ship before Kamigawa? It wasn't Zenikar. Was it Zenikar? Kamigawa would have been uh, Adventures. It was adventures. Okay, so it was adventures and shit. So, what was the other shit going on with that fucking set? Was that the one that had uh, the 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 brazen borrower shapes and the the fucking yeah, Bogart so. grave troller? Okay, so yeah, it was that one. But shit, yeah. 
there's the there's the news for this week, you magic folk. And boy, do we have uh, I'm excited. We'll we'll keep up to date with that. Should we do a quick update on like the Hasbro stock just because I feel like that's business esque and could be important. Hasbro stock is currently sitting at eighty two dollars and fifty cents. That is down a lot. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think earlier this week it was like at 87 and previous weeks it was dancing like high 80s, low 90s. And so the fact that it is just chilling like yeah, on the low 80s. Look at the last five days. Um, Thursday to Friday it was sitting up at 85. Okay. Let's see. The entire month the highest it was was north of 88 a little while. Um, but seriously, looking at the last five years, when I bought it, $45. Nice. So either way, I'm still making money. Which is good. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. So there, there is that. Should we do some uh, contra currency, some finances? Because uh, I think we're going to move by oh. this one quickly. We have Wade that submitted a deck to, to hopefully talk about here. Well, what are we at for runtime right now? Oh, yeah. Good point. Oh, it's 930. Yeah. We yeah might have, that might have to be a put off till next week. <sighs> we're having so much fun. We'll talk. Well, we'll, we we'll sure. got, we, the alchemy conversation got a little long-winded. We will make sure to put that in for next week yep. because this this deck looks fucking sick. So we're going to go over the Contra Currency section. As always, the Contra Currency section, we read an amazing article off of mtgstocks.com. They're weekly winners. They talk about five, three to five cards that are moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. The weekly winners article drops on Fridays. We record on Mondays. So if there's any price differences between then and now, we will let you know. So let's jump into it. First off, we have Molten Echoes, new card from uh, Cor- uh, Commander 20 and got reprinted in uh, a different, uh, in, the, in the set boosters there. Molten Echoes, red, red, two enchantment. As it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. When a non-token creature of the chosen type enters the battlefield under your control, create a token that's a copy of that creature. That token gains haste, exile at the beginning of the next end step. It jumped up 288% on Friday and was at $4.66. Today, it keeps climbing with a market price of $7.79 and an average price of around $8. So, yeah. And this was in Commander 20, which was Crimson Vow. That's when that one got printed. So, this one's moving up. Hold on. I, I, I want to I test you guys. Did you read this article before or have you been following I got prices? A, I got it pulled up right now, but I haven't read it. Okay, take a quick shot before you continue no. reading. Why do you think... This that's making tokens of creatures of a creature type is moving up. Ragavan. Nope. Um. Um. The 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 the, the teamer dragon makes copies. Yes, the is one it? from uh, Commander Legends yes. two. Mm-hmm. Mi- mural or whatever. It's uh, whenever a non-token dragon enters the battlefield, you make a copy of that dragon. If it's legendary, it's now no longer legendary. So effects that make tokens of uh, creatures and especially pretty cheap like this is kind of like uh what's that other one uh vision shadow shadow visions or whatever that does uh it, there's a lizard it gets bigger no that that just attaches to other things anyways making tokens of things is super important and in red the fact that it's like haste to do it super good this is moving up in price because these dragon style decks as we've talked about previously in weeks dragons are moving prices of cards significantly because of commander legends 2 dragons are the marquee one of the marquee uh tribes in magic you got dragons angels zombies merfolk what would you say would be for green elves elves 
thank you uh dragons goblins but so like it's it's up there yeah. definitely in top 10 and people when they think of shit like that actually they... humans oh humans also humans good. anyway yeah. so dragon, a lot of tribes dragon decks are uh looking at getting molten echoes and since it's only been printed there it's moving up in price dragon decks want that dragon decks are red uh, if you if you bought those if you bought those commander decks like you've gained a good chunk of money because beginning of the year it was like 50 cent it was a 50 cent card and uh in the article it talks about like this is a good example of how commander players you know now that it's been a while out they're now looking for more uh more stronger commander cards even though like at first blush for a card like this it's like oh it's making a token of a card like this should be good but it just kind of like sits on the wayside because of the perpetual hype that is magic the gathering and stuff it just kind of got put off to the side till more hype of like dragons have shown and it's like oh molten echoes is something that we need to look at next card we have hivis of the scale this card is red red three for a three four via shio shaman you may choose to not untap hivis the scale during your untap step and it has tap king control of target dragon for as long as you control hivis and hivis remains tapped this card originally printed in mirage as of friday jumped up 130 percent and was just under 20 dollars today monday the card is at market price nine dollars 35 cents average price of around 20 dollars and it has a european average of two euros 44 cents only printed here is this a reserveless card uh, it is reserveless yes confirmed reserveless hivis is a reserveless card and as pretty much mentioned before with molten echoes dragon decks are getting popular and red decks kind of want to have the ability to just like snag whatever new commander legends to dragon there is the any of the d20 dice where it's just like boop i get your thing it's moving up and it's probably gonna stay up because again it is reserveless card and reserveless cards hold a very strong price Next up, we have Shadow Granger Arc Fiend. This one was interesting to me when I saw this one moving up. Uh, it is black six for an eight four demon. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures they control. You gain life equal to the greatest power among creatures sacrificed this way. It has madness for black two, and you pay eight life. So if you discard this card, you pay that cost, and you put it into the battlefield. Uh, as of Friday, it jumped up 102%, was at $5.06 today market price still climbing $5.92 average price 534 and you have a european average of buck 55 this has a full art printing as well that is actually cheaper with an average price of around 231 that's always surprising to see uh this one moving up i'll kind of give a quick read about this so uh, this card can be found in Innistrad Crimson Vow Vampiric Bloodline deck. It seems like this card is picking up a bit since it seems some commander play since Raphael Fiendish Savior decks, which is the black, red, three, four, four, devil, noble, other demons, devils, imps, and tieflings you control get plus one, plus one at the beginning of each end step. If a creature card was put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, create a one, one red devil creature token with when this creature dies, deals a damage to any targets. So you're these these devil decks are like madnessing shit into there and you can bring it back and it's just a little bit of an engine there that people are finding you know cute that's the only thing with uh shadow granger arc fiend next up we have maddening hex card from afr commander decks 
It is red, red, one enchantment or a curse enchanted player. Whenever enchanted player casts a non-creature spell, roll a d6. Maddening Hex deals damage to that player equal to the results. Then attach Maddening Hex to another one of your opponents chosen at random. Friday jumped up 35% and was at $8.35. Today, Monday, keeps climbing. Market price, $9.10. Average price, $8.99. European average of €3.91. This also has a uh, extended art, which... Uh, extended art price is about seven dollars twenty one cents. Average price of seven forty. European average of three euros seventy nine cents. This one moving up, probably more surprising than what you think it is. Either one of you guys want to take a take a stab at why Maddening Hex is moving up, at least according to MTG Socks. I, I read the article. Oh, you read? The I article? read that part of it. Danny, dragons. It's not dragons. It's actually more it? surprising. Uh, I guess I. No, I didn't. I was just guessing dragons just because everything that, else is a dragons. Which is a fair guess. Which is a red card. You ready? Legacy, baby! Yeah. Which is surprising that Legacy is moving a card like this. So this is showing up in some Legacy Is It Delver decks as a sideboard card, mostly. Uh, so usually in competitive words like at random, this is a quote from the article, are not good since you cannot really rely on the outcome, but in the cases where you only have one opponent, meaning that it will stay on your only opponent. This is confirmed by a ruling found on the Gatherer page. If matting a hex is, ex- is attached to your only opponent, it stays on them and to, uh, to that player as the ability resolve- resolves. So against certain strategies, this can win the game. Remember that Legacy is a format that resolves around a lot of cheap interactions. When we look at decks like Burn, they often play Eidolon of the Great Revels that punish the cheap interaction. However, Maddening Hex will most likely deal more damage, is less conditional, and harder to remove. And they have a list here of this is it, uh, this is it tempo deck that runs Maddening Hex in it. And yeah, it's, it's Legacy is it. Looks very fun. Speaking of very fun, we got some cheap pickups here. Oh, yes, we do, in fact. We do, in fact. And up first on the cheap pickups is the wonderful thing that they've been doing here on MTG Stocks for a while, and it is a card identified by their MTG Stocks Premium Penny Stocks feature, and that is Korra, the Boundless Sky, out of Neon Dynasty. And it's sitting at $2.99, and it's moving up. This is the green legendary dragon spirit out of amagawa neon dynasty next up on the cheap pickups is sanctum prelate and this is specifically the retro border to it it is sitting at two dollars and 75 cents and slowly trending down and that is out of modern masters 2 and the last one on cheap pickups this one i know in its standard day was sitting up oh god this one was sitting up quite a bit I remember right, it was up yeah. by thir- like around thirty buck range at yep. least twenty dollars uh, market, and then as soon as it kind of like fell out there during Aquaria time is when it was around ten to twelve bucks. Yeah. It just chilled there, and it's been climbing down since yeah. twelve. Um, Embercleave, so it is sitting at six dollars and ninety four cents, and slowly still trending down. So there is that, and then as of today, it's actually sitting at five dollars and seventy five cents for the market price. Oof. You could go to TCG Player, buy them for four fifty. Card Trader with zero is three euro sixty cents. Card Market is four forty nine. Nutter butter. But you know what, Matt? I was thinking about it. I you know, especially with Double Masters coming out and some of these more expensive cards being a little bit cheaper. 
you know, there's the anticipation as products are opening, some of these cards will get go down and down and down. Is there some kind of service that can notify me, like when some of these cards get to certain prices, either that I'm trying to buy or maybe even on the other side, you know, trying to sell at a high price, maybe even some of these sealed products that I've been holding on to? So cool thing about this, uh, first off, the answer is uh, tcgsniper.com. They're oh, an amazing wow. resource for all this. They're a price tracking website. But going back a little bit towards the TCG Snipe, uh, TCG Player and Channel Fireball merger, this is something that's going to be affecting them as well. TCG Player, or goddamn, TCG Sniper has access to the TCG Player API and stuff, and that's how they are, you're able to like snipe and stuff. They weren't able to do that with Channel Fireball because they had a closed Ooh. API. So this is something that they are now interested as well. They commented Ooh. when this article came out, like, this is some big stuff that could be very beneficial for a TCG Sniper. I apologize for getting the names confused, but trying to say TCG Sniper and TCG Player in the same sentence kind of gets... Uh, you're, you're bound to fuck up there. But they're excited about this uh, this merger and seeing what can happen from here. But again, TCG Sniper is a price tracking website where you enter in cards, make an account, enter in cards uh, linked to TCG Player, get notified, set, set certain parameters if you want to be notified when a card moves up in price or moves down in price. TCG Sniper will send you an email, a text message, Discord notification about that. Click the link that they sent you. You go right to that page of when that was posted and you're able to pur- purchase it. Recently, uh, uh, a card that I had on my list, Long Term Plans, one of my... Uh, cheeky tutor it's not like a super powerful tutor but it's a super fun tutor it's a tuna blue uh, instant you get a tutor for any card in your library and put a third from the top and stuff in blue which is typically fine because it's like you're drawing a lot of fucking cards in blue and you uh, i put a foil up and a foil actually uh, got notified i got notified about a foil it was like six dollars and stuff so hell yeah you're able to do great things like that typically they're like 15 and uh, you get good deals like that. TCG Sniper, totally worth it. Check them out. If you go up, sign up, make an account, you will get, uh, you will mention the guys that This Week in MTG sent you, and you will get three months free of their plus membership program, meaning that you get 50 cards, 50 sealed products that you can be tracking at once compared to the five that you get uh, just signing up for their free account, which is still good. Like, I, I want to say I want to sell it, sell it we don't get any like kickback or anything from tcg sniper or anything like that they're a good service we want to recommend them so you go sign up just say that we sent you you get to test them out for the 50 plus cards for three months but just going over there signing up and making an account is just worth it in general as well but yeah so we don't got uh we don't got a thought cast or a deck of the week uh due to our wade. long-winded alchemy talk wait wade <laughs> We will be talking about this Naya Garbage Fire deck. The 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 way the new special. and improved. The new and improved Naya Garbage Fire deck. Dude, I was looking at this deck and I'm like, it's sick. Oh, it is sick. I am very curious. Uh, I'm assuming. I'm just gonna take a stab in the dark. I don't know if he's still here, but I think this is gonna be uh, pretty close to what he's gonna be running at the RCQ. In, it is. Uh, Jadim. So maybe it'll be a, maybe it'll be beneficial that we talk about it after the fact. And maybe yeah. maybe we wait can if you're listening to this. Here. Yeah, you come on. And talk about get them here live and in person yeah. off the farm for a while yes you need you need some break you need some break there Wade. we'll see we'll see what doug wade says about that we can make it work we can't make it work uh I know, so i know doug wade well enough so he's he says mason's working he's working yeah fair enough then 
so so there's the episode for y'all no okay. thoughtcast no deck of the week this week um our they, thought our thoughtcast came in the middle of the episode it did alchemy talk it did <laughs> So thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 145 of This Week in MTG. Greatly appreciate it. Pat yourselves on the back for all that. Uh, you know, hurrah, hurrah, shenaniganery, something. I don't know. Uh, big thank you to our patrons for supporting this podcast. Uh, keeping the lights on, keeping the mics on, all that jazz as well. If you want to support us as well on Patreon, go check the links down in the doobly-doo and do the thingamabobs there. <laughs> Glad you're, you're keeping the consistency. I on know, that. right? Right. I like that too. Uh, big thank you to J Dub Sports Cards and Gaming for sponsoring us. Uh, very hyped with all the stuff that we've been doing I, this summer in MTG. Blowout event. Josh was like, I don't know, deck to the tens with everything that oh, he yeah. did for that. Uh, the fact that it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll reduce costs of entry fee into this for cards and stuff, and that he gave away so much yeah. ex- good shit and expensive shit. Yeah, J-Dubs, thank you so very much. And fucking support J-Dubs. And if you go over there and buy some shit, say that the guys over at This Week at MTG sent you. It can be beneficial to us. We need these numbers. <laughs> or something like that. However that works. More, more or less showing Josh that, you know, we do we, we get to play a little bit of Factor form. So Yes. Uh, and with that, do you guys have anything else you say? Danny, how's your candy crush going? Oh, she had, yeah. He's just looking at, his, at a blank phone. Are you having some issues? This is like the beginning of a horror movie, Dan. You're putting me to sleep, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to say. And with that magic, folk, we will catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Congratulations. You made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! I hope all your spells get countered.